Horror, The Final Frontier. These are the stories of the haunted Davenport, his continuing mission to explore retro sci-fi and horror, to seek out old monsters and tales, and to boldly be scared like so many have before. Tonight we're focusing mostly on sci-fi and with a little bit of horror. And this is our, did we decide it was a, the space horror or? This is Deep Space Madness. Deep Space Madness <laughs> episode, that's correct. Or in space, no one can hear you <laughs> scream. scream. Or in the holodeck, everyone can hear you scream. No! <laughs> everyone can hear you overact. So we thought... <laughs> Since we do cover sci-fi as well, even though our previous episodes have been really horror-related, that it was high time we got around to some Star Trek. And this won't be the only time we cover some Star Trek. This is just our first mission where we boldly go, where <laughs> many, many sci-fi nerds have gone before. Yes. Wait, and someone covered Star Trek already? What? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it has a small following. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I minor... just got into it. Don't tell me the spoilers. A minor <laughs> fandom in a, in a little pocket of the internet. Also, now that Drew knows that other people like it, he's not going to like it anymore. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so over that already. <laughs> I tried it. It was all right. I don't see what the big fuss well, you is should about. Check out, you should check out this weird cult movie called um, Star Wars. That's oh, yeah. yeah. And drink. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. Yes! <laughs> If this is your first time listening to us and you haven't caught our previous episodes, we uh, drink whenever someone mentions Star Wars, just because, you know, reasons to be explained in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I'm Allison, by the way, and... Oh, I'm Drew. I'm... I'm... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. okay. I'm Andy. And I'm Chris. The polite gophers. Yes. <laughs> we, 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 to you. we got mixed up because the sitting order's been... The chairs are all in different places. Oh, yeah. So just, I, it threw me off. We rearranged the tiki bar slightly, and now I'm looking straight across it. Well, I was always looking straight across from you. Pretty much, yeah. But different stuff behind you now. Oh, oh right. Uh-huh. The Davenport is in a different position. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like my feng shui is aligned a little bit. Yeah. Well, you it, guys... it is more of a conducive to conversation, I feel. Yeah. yeah. And you guys have the awesome view of the skulls and the float mm-hmm. and the barrel. It's <laughs> a nice little little scene. There of are color. a lot of skulls in here, and I really dig the it. The glowing barnacles. So, we'll po- you guys we'll at post home, some pictures. They're fake skulls. We're not. <laughs> are they? <laughs> Mostly fake skulls. Yeah. Uh, people who leave bad iTunes reviews. I don't oh. Like that, but... <laughs> they're not even on iTunes yet. I 
But, you know, the yeah. skulls are a warning. Maybe we'll be on iTunes before we post this. Right, right. If one of it's us unlikely. gets around. <laughs> <laughs> Busy schedules, yes. man. All right, well, Andy has some things he'd like to say. Sure. Yeah. So this episode was conceived. Um, I recently restarted, started rewatching uh, Star Trek The Next Generation uh, because I remember seeing episodes here and there as a child, and I've always been kind of a big sci-fi literature and sci-fi film person. Um, and I always knew The Next Generation was really well-received, and I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll seek out the horror episodes. Why not? You know, I'll just do a, a preliminary screening of a bunch of episodes and uh, refer to what people online think are the scariest episodes. Um, we ended up picking uh, not what I would call maybe the scariest episodes, and there aren't any really scary episodes, per se, in The Next Generation because it's not a horror show. Um, that's not really the theme. There's, there's creepy stuff that happens in a lot of episodes. Um, but there, there isn't any that have the tone of, say, like a, like a Twilight Zone, where things get really freaky. Um, it's always, you know, th things always have a scientific, reasonable resolution, and even if one or two people die and something horrific happens, we're all going to be okay in the end, because we're going to figure this out. It's, you know, it's future positive, not future negative. <laughs> um, there were a lot of episodes that were recommended. There was uh, Schisms, Night Terrors, uh, Genesis, In Theory, uh, Conspiracy... And I would, Night Terrors, again, I, put, I wrote that twice. Um, and life Night Terrors. Yeah. <laughs> These are all Star Trek The Next Generation These are all episodes? Next Generation episodes. Okay. Um, I didn't, because that's kind of my area of focus. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't fo look at any uh, Voyager, which I hear has some very good scary episodes. Um, I didn't look well, at Deep Space Nine. Voyager, is that too new for our... Oh, it might be. rules anyway? Yeah, it has to be at least 20 years old. No, yeah. no, Voyager was pre-98. Was it? God, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. And now I feel old. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it was. You're yeah, right. you can so... tell that we're all more Star Wars fans <laughs> than Star Trek fans. Well, so really quick. Because <laughs> there was a, an interesting gaze about of confusion yeah. there. Thanks. I think, I, I, I don't know, I've always loved the original series, and I like Star Trek The Next Generation probably just as much as I like the original series, and I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode at least once of both of those. Mm -hmm. And then just little here and there of some of the other series but they never grabbed me as much yeah you know? it just wasn't yeah. my thing you know not to knock fans of those no not at all so real quick i should say for this episode we're going to cover one episode of the original series mm -hmm. and then two episodes of the next generation in case anybody's wondering yes. and then i'll let you did you have more you wanted to say about your no just the uh, the, the two this? episodes we ended up going with were um uh, frame of Mind and Phantasms, both of which are more on the kind of, I guess, cerebral or psychological side of horror, which ended up fitting nicely with the uh, original series episode that we picked, which was Wolf... Uh, uh, a Wolf in the Fold. A Wolf in the Fold, which is a reference yeah. to a, a line Spock has in that episode. Um, and in that regard, I guess, the, the scary things about Star Trek, or at least Star Trek The Next Generation, are the things that you find scary. Because of all the episodes I watched, there's a, a really good episode that has alien abductions in it. And I know that freaks a lot of people out. There's also a really good body horror episode where people are turning into monsters and de-evolving. Mm -hmm. um, also very good. Um, they, like I said, there's a lot of cool, freaky stuff. There's one episode where the the ship is going through, like, gaps in reality that are passing through the ship. So, like, the ship part of the ship will phase out. And somebody falls into part of a phased-out part of the ship and then re-phases in. So they're, like, half in, half out of a bulkhead. And they're in this, like... <laughs> horrible pose and they're dead and it's it's very freaky but it's only one moment in an otherwise pretty mundane episode wow. that would be a major concern though yeah <laughs> you're like what well, ah um so anyway i think uh the stuff that you know 
scares you is the stuff that you project, and I obviously gravitate a little bit towards sort of more towards psychological horror. So that's why I went with these episodes, and also because I think they're pretty good. Um, they're both from later seasons, so sorry to fans of the uh, earlier seasons of the Next Generation. These are from season six and seven, and uh, that's that's about all I have for this. There's okay. probably some people well, out there who think the Wesley stuff would probably be the nightmare. Oh, the, the scariest stuff is Will Wheaton's acting in, in season one. Wow, hard. <laughs> He's in one of my favorite movies, Stand By Me, so oh. you guys can shut it. Um, so, real quick, before we get in-depth into these episodes, I have a few corrections for, well, one major correction for our last episode where we had our Tainted Love episode, and we um, one of the episodes we covered was an episode of Friday the 13th, the series, and it had been ages since I watched the show, and then we rewatched it, and I have this thing that happens when we record in the evening where I have just, I don't know, my mind goes blank, or I remember things wrong, or the wrong thing comes out of my mouth, you know. I'm perfect when no one has the microphone in front of me, and then, you know, <laughs> click record, and suddenly I screw up all over the place. And my What's big major... Woo! <laughs> my big major screw-up uh, for that episode, and be, you know... There'll be many more to come, I'm sure, was I was uh, giving the synopsis for the show, and I gave the wrong name for one of the main characters. It's Mickey and Ryan are the two cousins who inherit the cursed antique shop, and I was calling Ryan Jack. Jack is the older sort of mentor figure that helps them on all the cases to recover the haunted and cursed antiques that... They have to, you know, that's the main premise for the show, in case you didn't listen to the previous episode. But if you do, you can hear me make a major screw-up. And to fans of Friday the 13th, the series, who caught that right away and were cursing my name, deep, deep apologies, guys. <laughs> we'll cover a few more episodes in the future, and I promise to get it right next time. That was almost as unforgivable as in our uh, very first episode when I made a comment about Peter Falk being in... Uh, movie other than The Princess Bride. Um, I don't even remember what I said he was in. Oh, I think I said he was in Neverending Story. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. I was picturing The Princess Bride where he's oh. reading to baby Fred Savage, you know, <laughs> but for whatever reason, just quick comments off the cuff and the wrong thing comes out. And right. uh, I could see that though. I could see thinking Peter Falk was in Never ending story. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the name of the, the big the dog thing? Oh, uh, Falcor the Love Dragon. Falcor, yeah. okay. Yeah. P P Peter Falk, Falcor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter no! Falk. Peter yeah. Falcor, and it, so... like, it like starts to fly away, and then it comes back and goes, Oh, one more thing. <laughs> yeah, and that one just went in a direction. <laughs> what, the Columbo Love Dragon? Yeah, the Columbo <laughs> Love Dragon. <laughs> noticed that you had your shoelace on <laughs> I, I watched that show. I've, I've, met, I've met many a cute sort of sheepdog looking dog that looks like Falcor. You know, like la white white or cream colored labradoodles sort of have the Falcor look. See, blame but, on the nothing today. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I digress. Although, I would love to talk about some Columbo at some point, but it doesn't really follow it into, well, into our category. We gotta find Columbo some episodes. We yeah. gotta find something that Peter Falk was in. Just I he's think in a lot of Vincent stuff. Vincent Price is in an episode. I think that alone would be worth talking Ooh, about. On a Columbo episode? Vincent we could just Price talk about all the times Vincent Price has cameoed on a television episode. Oh, we have and to. That would be an spooky. entire like podcast. It would. We'd just have to make a well, whole we'll new podcast. Well, we'll pick our favorite. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, so back to Star Trek. Yeah. Um, now that we've got that business out of the way, mm -hmm. I want to get back into what we actually watched tonight and what we're 
planning to discuss. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. for, you know, again, if you're new, uh, we usually watch what we're covering right before we cover it and then just have a general discussion about, you know, notes about the episodes and what, what our impressions were, things we liked. So we're going to start with uh, the original Star Trek series. And I'm not going to go into a lot of background because if you're not familiar with it, it's readily available to stream on multiple for formats. You can check it out from your local library. Mm -hmm, it gets mm -hmm. pretty much everywhere. If you have never seen it, please go check it out. We will go into full spoilers for all of the episodes that we're covering. Um, this episode that we chose is called A Wolf in the Fold. And the reason why we chose it is because it has a Jack the Ripper plot. And it was written by the famous writer Robert Block, who you may know if you're a fan of the book Psycho, which the mm. movie was based on. And Robert Block has also written many television episodes. Mm -hmm. He's a prolific writer. And great for horror. To say it's a Jack the Ripper premise is kind of... It's Jack the Ripper. Well, <laughs> right, for sure, yeah. Sure. It's, well, it's, I remember when we it's were, Space Jack the Ripper. Right. Though. We were watching it, and it was like, Space I'm like, Jack oh, the they're doing like a Jack the Ripper thing. No, they're not doing a Jack the Ripper thing. They're doing They've just the caught Jack, Jack the, the Ripper, Ripper thing. So, the basic premise is um, some of the crew are on a pleasure planet taking a little R&R &R like you do when you've been pleasure planet. Out, at, oh, yes. out at sea <laughs> or out in space for a long run, and they are on a planet known as Argelius II, or Argelius II. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, you know, sort of a Turkish sort of Middle Eastern vibe to the town, and there's beautiful belly dancers everywhere. It's kind of all over the place. And some London <laughs> fog. Yes! Um, it's a foggy yeah, it's, place it's, where yes. there's lots of belly dancers. So it's warm fog, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah. Magic warm I'm just, fog. I'm just guessing that the studio had... You know, it has a warehouse full of set pieces. And they say, get those get those Turkish arches in there. And now get these Moroccan things in there. It's got to be more exotic. Well, <laughs> no, someone was someone was saying, okay, we're going to do like Jack the Ripper. They're going to be on leave, and then it's going to be oh, Jack yeah. the Ripper. And like, so they're going to be on leave. Why are they going to be on leave? You know, R&R &R stuff. And they're doing R&R and &R foggy old London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. They'll be like belly dancers and stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So... The premise of this episode is that while they're on R&R, &R, women start dying around Scotty. And so he becomes the prime suspect <laughs> for some murders in, in this local area where they're on vacation. And they have a little trial and they're trying to, you know, keep things smoothly with the local government, you know, for mm -hmm. space relations and all that. Yeah. Um, and in an, it, it basically comes to light through the investigation that the essence that once was Jack the Ripper just lives on, immortal, and inhabits different beings, and inhabits, you know... Well, not just and immortal. Even and fe feeds on fear. Feeds yes. On fear, feeds yeah. on fear. And and preys on women because they are biologically disposed <laughs> to feel <laughs> deeper and greater terror than men are. Yeah. It's because they know what's going on. <laughs> That's, yeah. as, as spoken by a uh, character in... Star Trek, you know, yeah, that's very, right. that's a that's very progressive that came from, show from Spock too, right? No, I th that was um, I thought it was uh, the Doctor Bones. Oh, oh, it was I, Dr. McCoy. I, I, thought, I thought it was McCoy that said that. Yeah, the said, said which about it that, they... that he feeds on women because of, the, of their natural naturally going to be more well, scared of things. Well, the psychic who's investigating things initially until she gets murdered, the local psychic from 
uh, Argelius too basically says, you know, it's an ancient evil that hates women. Yeah, right. It just hate. It doesn't necessarily need mm-hmm. huge motivations for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so and and uh, did anybody want to talk about the fun uh, guest actor who appears in this episode? Oh bother. Oh, <laughs> does Piglet say oh bother? I think it does. Mostly he just poo. Just poo. <laughs> just poo. What's yeah. the name? What's the name of the actor? I always, I always oh, forget. Oh, you know what? Somebody I wrote it down. Feel like a jerk because I wrote down other things. You just wrote down Lots Piglet. of other details. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's what I wrote. I wrote down voice actor for Piglet. Speed Google here. Yeah. And you catch it if you ever grew up watching any Winnie the Pooh. As oh a yeah, kid, you catch it right away. This you, actor well, walks on and you hear his voice. And it's the Piglet. first time we watched it, I was like, "Oh my god, I know that voice! I know that voice! Why do I know that voice?" And then you go, of course, to IMDb, and IMDb tells you everything. Really uh, John John Fiedler. Okay. Apparently. Or anyway. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he appeared in a lot of different. But things. yeah, I've it's Piglet's seen voice. It he doesn't yes. like. He's not a voice actor that like Hank Azaria, and he doesn't whole bunch of different no. voices it's just his voice that's just his voice he's he just like, sounds like he's just um, yeah. oh and it's great because if you go to his wikipedia page the the image they use is his appearance in this episode so yeah. well because he's not he's a voice actor he's, he's kind of like, he's kind of like uh is it julie kavner does marge simpson's voice mm, if you ever I, watch revenge of the stepford wives she's mm. a major character in it and it's just Marge Simpson. Well, that's because... Married to Don Johnson in oh. Revenge of the Stepford Wives. Maybe we should watch and cover that. That's a TV movie, so oh. it The only, like, voices she does on the show is Marge Simpson and her family. Yeah. yeah. sure, right? So she yeah. just has that raspy... Yeah, the, uh, does she do the sisters, kind of too? I'm pretty sure she does the sisters okay. as well. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably some... Person I was getting kind of a kind of a Donald Pleasance vibe from uh yes. from, from Piglet. Oh. Yeah, from Piglet. Yeah. Yes, very much from so. From What's his name? John. John Piglet. We're disrespectful. Piglet. With apologies to the family and the state of Piglet. Piglet is possessed by the spirit, <laughs> by the spirit of Jack the Ripper. There's an episode. That was yeah. <laughs> wow. The hundred acre wood, oh, a God. thick fog lies over the, yeah. the trees. Hey there, Pooh. <laughs> run, Kanga, run! <laughs> Yikes. Kanga, the only female? Character? I think she is. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't even get to be an autonomous female. She's got Rue in her pouch the whole damn time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, the basic plot is that Jack the Ripper has been, uh, or the spirit that is Jack the Ripper has been. It's not clear if he if he possesses people and travels the stars because the the perpetrator in this episode is someone from a different planet who migrated to the current planet yeah. and basically he's been, he's been making a beeline from Earth in the 1800s up right. to wherever we are now. I think he was possessing people on Earth and then when Earth started going beyond Earth, yeah, he oh, caught a ride. Kirk does say that, right? Because yeah. like they find yeah, all the these stars. sequences of. Mass murders. Mass murders of women. Yeah. <laughs> over a period of time, because the computer just looked that up real quick and everything. That's horrible. Yeah. They, you know, they have Google, obviously. They do. So it's called computer now. The um, computer. But yeah, they find out all of these mass murders of women, and mm-hmm. they're all connected in a long line. Yep. Slowly following the trail of man mm-hmm. through the stars. Yeah. That's nice. 
And it's nice we can share. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, anybody... Well, I think there's a lot of talk about in that episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when it starts off, it's with the belly dancer. Mm. And, of course, they uh, it's Scotty, Bones, and Kirk. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And down in this casbah. Are down yeah. there watching the belly dancers, and Scotty falls in love. Because mm. he's, uh, he's a... He's Scotty on leave. Yeah, I guess it's He's leave love. I wouldn't call it leave real love. love. Well, <laughs> they're sailors in a port. So yeah. he found himself a girlfriend for the evening. Is, mm-hmm. is, is falls in lust? Is that a turn of phrase? Yeah. Can you say that? Yeah, okay. sure. Sure. Any port sure. storm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. And actually, he found himself a damn fine port. My stepmom, like that was a favorite phrase of hers. Well, any port in the storm. Yeah. Your stepmom. Yeah, Andy's mom. Andy's uh, my stepmom. Yeah. Anyways, um. So it's an awkward thing to explain. They, <laughs> yes. they are Scotty is gonna go for a walk with the belly dancer because it's foggy and it reminds him of good old foggy days in Scotland. Yeah, in Aberdeen. Aberdeen. And then uh, they go for a walk, and then Bones and Kurt, they're gonna go find that one bar with the women that do the. Oh, I know uh, the one you're talking about. <laughs> They never let us know what the women do. <laughs> but you know it's good. Yeah. It's real good. They're good at darts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Darts. Or they're good at karaoke. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. They'll do things that the ladies on the Enterprise apparently won't do, because mm-hmm. they're very excited about this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I also just want to interject that um, every time I watch the original Star Trek series... I just love the colors, the way it's shot, and the sets. You know, oh, people yeah. say it's dated mm. and cheesy, but it just has a really great style to it. It's it's a great companion show to the old Batman series. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. very yeah. much so. Watching that opening when they're in the when they're in the bar with the, I, I thought I thought boy. Are they using another show's set? Right. Like, we gotta get out of here because Batman's gotta use it yeah. for three to nine. You know? it's, it's the great caper of the Turk. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. colors just pop. The King Tut episode. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a delight to, to look King at. Tut. It is, and the, the 60s, just in general, the style, everything going on there. I've been rewatching a lot of the early James Bond movies, and I got the exact oh. same style. You know, the way people yeah. kind of lounge around, the, the things people are wearing. Oh, I, yeah, I the love The hair, James the attitude, Bond. it's... it's you can feel it in media from that era, and it's... And um, another another good one to watch, uh, if you like that... And I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I have to edit that out. Oh, uh, if you like James Bond? Or no, no, like... if you like the 60s look, for as far as uh, for a like show. We were talking about Santo earlier. That, is for sure. Oh, the... Okay, so if you like, if you like the 60s... Technicolor, gorgeous, kind of over-the-top sets. Mm-hmm. Watch some of the Corman Poe series, like Mask of the Red oh, Death, okay. the House of Usher. Those yeah. are delightful, and they reused a lot of sets for those. You know, you know, it's Corman, so he's doing it on the cheap. Yeah. But if you yeah. like that, or you like original Star Trek, Trek, you would probably appreciate the atmosphere and mm-hmm. the way those look. And you know, cheaply shot, but it looks great. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, House like, of Usher. You know the and one of the things that's interesting, I guess, to contrast these days is cheap sets from back in the day. To me, almost always look better than cheap CG from like oh, early yeah. on. You know. Oh, definitely. Like yeah, like like a crappy green screen is gonna be a crappy green screen no matter how you slice it. But a crappy like a crappy set that people put love into, you know, could put some cool props, made some interesting. It has a little bit 
style well, that's and right. character yeah. Later on in, in this Star Trek episode, there's sort of a, what, a lie detector, a futuristic lie mm-hmm. detector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally a little, computer. it's a little metal box with, with lights on it. Blinky lights all over it, but you know some guy had to wire that together the day before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's campy and it's fun, it's just, it, it, it um. It really elevates the scene. Exactly. It's great. <laughs> That's what the box that houses the internet looks like. Yeah, it's sad yeah. to me that those jobs are slowly getting lost, you know? Like, the people that would yeah. sit there like, okay, what's the script? Okay, you need what? Okay, let's start building, guys. Yep, and they'd have to together. go build a set, you know? Yeah, because it's cheaper to hire two graphic designers and animators and put mm. it all together on a computer. Well, that's what I loved about that show, and we're totally getting tangential here, but whatever. <laughs> um, I think that's just our thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Danger Five, yeah, out of Australia. That show made me so happy because you clearly it's low budget, but they're and they know it, but they're making everything, and it looks like a cheap knockoff of a James Bond film, and Mm -hmm. it's delightful. Mm -hmm. So back to this episode. (laughs) Yes. Um. So Kirk and and McCoy, they're gonna go off to where the ladies do the thing. (laughs) And then, uh, <laughs> that we don't get to know what it we is. Don't get to know. Because it's on evening and television. And Scotty goes off with his belly dancer, and then you hear screaming, and then they run to the aid of the screaming, which is a dead woman with a knife in her back. Mm-hmm. And then there's Scotty standing beside her. He's unconscious. He's come to, or is he unconscious? No, he's I think unconscious. he's laying on the ground yeah. as well. And then they, you know, they get him up and. He recently had a head injury. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. They gave you, like, the little. The nod to what's going to happen in the future, where they tell you how a woman was the cause of a head injury, there was an explosion or something. They don't quite tell you. Yeah. Maybe she was one of those women that do that thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, there was, the a, there was an, ac- there was an accident <laughs> on the ship, and yeah. And what I realized the when they when they find your body, they do something. They do something that's so uh, early TV and but very clever is that. For one, they've got all the fog covering the ground, but they find her body and they say, Oh, look at this! She's been stabbed 12 times! Uh, she's wearing a red dress. Like, this very uh, yeah. red dress. So it gets around the fact that, you know, they can't have too much blood all over the place. Right. But they have to suggest, you know, some violence. Because at first, the, the, the fog kind of disperses, right. and I was like, Oh, man! <laughs> like, that's a ton of blood! And that's just her costume but right. inventive would I the like red belly dance outfit be the belly dance equivalent of being the red shirt on the show well no because then the girl that actually is a crew member that dies later in the thing she's sure in but she wasn't the first no she wasn't the first i know they changed it up for a bit yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so so scotty has no memory of this murder mm-hmm. um and it, it kind of fits the theme, because uh, for the first first half of this episode, it's sort of like a whodunit, you know? It's like, Scotty's the prime suspect in a string right. of murders. Um, and they, they beam down a uh, a fetching young woman from the Enterprise to... Yes, they all are. Yes. To uh, do some science so that they can get Scotty's memories from the last 24 hours or something and figure out if he actually murdered this woman. Mm-hmm. And that woman gets murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then the dignitary from the planet that they're on, his wife is a medium of some kind, uh, a psychic or a spiritualist or something, mm-hmm. and she can communicate with uh, forces. 
I'm not sure. The, yeah, she's she not communicating with. Something. Yeah, no. she's doing something. That's another drink. No, I think if you, I think if you reference the prequels, there's a <laughs> that penalty. doesn't count. That's, no. that's not actually Star Wars. That's, that's wah, wah. heavily frowned upon. Although I believe now we're fringing into Star Wars conversation. So, yeah, no, what you were gonna say? I think I think she um, was someone who's able to like gen generally generally sense what happened in the past or what's currently happening, like sort of like a truth seer. Yeah. She's not communicating with the dead or otherworldly spirits or any really communicating. She's just sort of sensing it. Yeah. Like. Well, and I think it's also like it's um it's a spiritual way for them to because there's other there's a couple other suspects like mm -hmm. the the woman, I guess, was betrothed to another guy. And, right. And yeah. So I think it's a way, when she does the ceremony, it's a way to determine guilt amongst the men. And, yeah. Right. Yeah, because the uh, the belly dancer was betrothed to some guy that was at the bar, and he had emotions that he shouldn't have been having. There's a whole thing going on there. Did you emotions. guys get the impression <laughs> that it was frowned upon that they were engaged? That, like, it's a free love planet, and no, that no, sort so, of thing is frowned upon? No, so they, they were supposed to be married... Okay. And he was in love with her, but she didn't love him. Okay. And so he was experiencing jealousy, and that's okay. what was frowned upon. Well, it's... I thought that the jealousy was frowned upon, but for a split second, I thought, you know, um, when the older musician mm -hmm. was saying they were engaged to be married or whatever, you know, he says that they're engaged, and he says it like it's a dirty thing. Yeah. And seeing how it's supposed to be kind of like a free love, open pleasure planet, I thought, oh, is that like taboo to commit to yeah. one person maybe? Uh, I don't know, because... But the, not, not that they explore that a whole lot in the 60s primetime television. Like his wife, it was his wife. That's you know? true, yeah. that's true, yeah. that's a good point. The, the, pre he was like the prefect the is married. Guy. Yeah, Yeah. okay, never mind. So yeah, yeah but it was just a thought I had yep. really briefly when, when that scene came up. So the, the medium uh, does her ritual, or the, the sensitive, I guess, caller, mm -hmm. does her ritual and uh, connects and finds this ancient spirit with lots of hatred towards women, and, you know, it's, it's old and evil and powerful, and then the lights go out, and when the lights come back up, this uh, this, this third was per, third poor woman is dying in Scotty's arms, and Scotty's conscious this time. Mm -hmm. He's not... He's At not, least he's awake. He's awake for this one, but he's got, he's got the very blood of her on his hands. Right. And Piglet thinks it's, you know, Piglet thinks he's guilty. Yeah. Piglet's positive. Yes. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> we move up to uh, the Enterprise for Act, the, the second act of this show, where they use a lie detector, basically, to try and figure out who's responsible for this. Um, the blinky computer. The blinky lie computer. Detector. Mm -hmm. You know, once they're back on the Enterprise, I kept thinking, once they're back on the Enterprise, why don't they get back up there and then just beam the people from that planet like back down to the back planet? Back yeah. 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 out of there. Yeah, yeah. Well, because if Scotty killed women, they want they to know, no. you know. Yeah. And that was one I, thing I, I guess kept. You'd want <laughs> I, I kept thinking about this, and I never think this about the next generation because Picard seems like a straight shooter, you know. Mm -hmm. But I can totally see Captain Kirk being a little oh, yeah. bit, a little bit sweeping things under the rug, right. like oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scotty murdered, Scotty murdered a local. We got to get out of here like now. <laughs> except for they, except for, well, yeah. but of dirt bags. Starfleet has a code of ethics. It does, you know, and and so they've been trained. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but you know, Kurt, he. Well, okay, here's Skirts here's the, the other yeah. reason why they definitely were going to try and keep the peace with these guys. It was brought up 
they were thinking of closing their planet closing their starport. to oh, yeah. outside right. visitors, and they were saying we're the only starport in this quadrant, so you guys would also have sailors. to travel a lot longer. Oh, the sailors okay. really like the free love atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were gonna close up the muffin shop. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> so close I needed the for diplomatic shop. reasons, <laughs> and to be able to return on future. For future voyages, future yeah. they needed to maintain good relations with this planet mm -hmm. and their government, so they needed to get to the bottom of it and yeah. find justice. Totally. But I, I, the, every 15 minutes or so in this episode, I'm like, is this the part where Kirk, Kirk just packs it up? Yeah. Yeah, beams him back down to the planet and just gets out, you know, it's like, no, the base isn't worth it. We need to get out of here. <laughs> this place is screwed up. The thing that those ladies do isn't that great. It's not that great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then... They're on the ship now. They got the lie detector test. Mm -hmm. And so Scotty's passing with flying colors. Yes. And then they... I'm trying to remember. Do they interrogate Piglet and then figure out that <laughs> it's Jack the Ripper? Or do they no, figure so out they, it's Jack the Ripper and then interrogate Yeah, Piglet? no, so they, they interrogate the, the guy who is betrothed to the belly dancer. Right. They talk to him, and he's just emotional and doesn't give him anything useful. And then they start cross-referencing because the, the sensitive, when she was communicating with the spirit, oh, right. she said a string of words. That um, they all remembered perfectly. Because yes. they all have, you know... Oh, his bones. Bones remembered him perfectly. Yeah. Um, and they did a computer search for these three words, and it turns out they were all names of ascribed killers. And, like, one of them's Jack the Ripper, one of them's this killer from, like, the regional planet, and one right. of them, they're like, oh, and it forms this perfect line, which ends up here, and then they look right. at the guy, you know, the piglet guy, and he's like, wait, you're from this planet. They basically fit an entire year's worth of CSI into, like, yeah. a five-minute yes. section of this. It's Be like, wow, this is Google. really good. There's a lot of really good hunches that keep paying off. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then they, they get piglet on the stand, and it's, uh... Did, did they actually get him in the lie detector? Or no, they're gonna put him on the lie detector, and then he starts doing roundhouse kicks. And... Yes, that's right. True. Yeah. yeah, he kicks Kirk in the stomach. He does. Yeah. He jumps up, and then Kirk yeah. kills him with a single punch. Hold <laughs> <laughs> one punch. Oh, you're right. one punch, Kirk. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take him out. And um, we and we do get the uh, he's dead, Jim. We, yeah, we, we do. We got it. It's so rewarding. We, we did not get a, that's a highly illogical though. We did right. get a good oh, God right. man from or no get on with it man, which I feel like is, that's a thing right. that Captain Kirk says a lot in uh -huh. the series. So now that Piglet's dead, um, Jack the Ripper, who yes. is a the cosmic entity, entity yeah. uh, jumps into the computer of all things. Which then it takes on a voice that sounds like the old lady from the Evil Dead movie. <laughs> it did. It's yeah, like, really you know, good. the Dead by Dawn! Mm -hmm. That woman. Well, he's even saying some things kind of similar to Right, that. right. You're all gonna die! Well, yeah. and, and he jumps into the computer because because this person, this entity, feeds on fear. Right. There's a starship for like 500 people, right? And he's right. like, he's gonna feed on the fear of the entire starship. Right. Several of them um, are red shirts and know it. Yep. <laughs> and, and you know, nobody seems particularly disturbed by what's going on, but they decide to pass out the happy drugs. Right. Anyway, so Kurt, is just... Kurt orders everyone to take some, some goop juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Which Sulu really likes. Yeah, yeah that's oh, Sulu. Oh, man. Hi, Sulu is my official favorite character in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. He's, he's he was feeling groovy. Mm-hmm. Sulu was right. awesome. I don't even know what we're supposed to be afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Spinning a lot of his chair. I love yeah. that. So good. Such a good time. Uh, Spock does not get any happy juice because he, he of course immune. is immune to fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a Vulcan racial bonus if you're if you're playing the uh, role playing game. <laughs> <laughs> so some interesting uh. role playing game. Um, yeah, so then it's down to Kirk, Spock, and, and Bones. Bones, and then uh, the dude. What's his name? Oh, prefect. The, the prefect. Yeah. Prefect. Um, and so he demands Bones take some happy juice, which he gives, like, he doesn't want to take it, but he doesn't want to take it, like, in the way you tell a kid to, like, you know, you gotta eat your dessert, uh-huh. or we can't leave. <laughs> oh, do I have to? All right. Sure. Bam. <laughs> right to yeah. Happy yeah. juice. Yeah. There we go. He injects himself pretty damn quick. Oh. He likes the happy juice. So yeah, now everyone's all hopped up on goofballs. Except except the prefect, Kirk, and Spock. Right. Um, and Kirk tries to ask the prefect how he's feeling, but he's been possessed. Right. Oh, uh, you're right. Yes. And then um, it jumps from him to dead piglet. Yes. Piglet reanimates. Right. Which is apparently one of Jack the Ripper's powers. He can reanimate corpses. So it is like the Evil Dead. Yeah. It's a lot like the Evil Dead, actually. So then... Um, Spock and Kurt yes. throw Piglet into the the transporter. The transporter. <laughs> they try and get the guy to transport him, but he's too hopped up on goofballs <laughs> to transport. It's got a really weird comedic ending to yeah. it. Yeah. You know? No, and then they and then they do the most horrible horrifying thing I can think of for a sentient being. You know, evil or not, right. but they spread his atoms out at maximum spread from the transporter. So that he's just a disembodied consciousness floating through space for all eternity. Well, they said it would eventually kill him, probably. Yeah, it probably. Or maybe he'll just float out there till the end of time, slowly going mad for Or you know. each one of those little entities will grow larger, and there'll be millions yeah. of Jack Rippers. No, dun, dun, he's, dun. he's a giant celestial cloud of malevolence. And they're just, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody. They're just going to wait for another spaceship to just fly right fly through right it. Through. That's but, kind of the first thing I thought of. I know, like he's still <laughs> out there. Beam him into the sun. He got picked up by the event horizon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's no, there's no budget to show you guys yeah. so you just have to tell you yes but that's our that's It'll our take too long to animate <laughs> well but then it ends in kurt finally needs his uh his free his time r&r yeah and so his r&r he he wants to go see those women again mm-hmm. that do that thing that do that thing in that uh, bar but he can't go with the drugged up guys which i don't know why he can't go with them i know that sounds like a good time that's like i think if i had like hopped up scotty and <laughs> sulu i'd be like all right you two i want to see what happens when i take you to town <laughs> He was trying to avoid another diplomatic incident. Or right. yeah. didn't need any more murders that too. But yeah. he saved their he saved their community yeah, they should be from a serial a killer. Time. So I think they'd be pretty lax yeah, about probably. the behavior. You should get the uh, keys to the city. Maybe yeah. you catch what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, have had there been murders on this planet before? Because they said their planet had been peaceful right. and they hadn't needed I think their. It their... was a super coincidence yeah. that the Starship Enterprise. Rolled into town right at the time 
people started getting murdered. Uh-huh. Well, a and, little and, bit Angela Lansbury. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he, he found a perfect Patsy in Scotty. Mm-hmm. Because Scotty already had a concussion and couldn't remember stuff. Well, well, there had to have been, there had to have been some kind of crime occurring on, on that planet before because they tell Scotty that they're going to, the, the, the punishment for his crimes is, is slow torture. Slow death. torture until death. Yeah. Well, it was an ancient law. Yeah, ancient law. It, was, oh. it was from back in the day when they didn't used to be That's the right. free love yeah. planet. Yeah. Well, Spock, when he's talking about, when they're speculating about the entity, he uses a line that leads to the title of the episode. And he's saying that because it's a planet that thrives on love and you know, love is the basically the you know the prime emotion that's promoted on that planet and encouraged and fostered. And he says that the entity would be as hungry as a wolf in that fold because if it feeds on fear and right. it's stuck on this planet, it doesn't really have anything to feed on. So yes. it gets this perfect opportunity when outsiders are there <laughs> to start. Sowing the seeds of fear within the community. And because it's a planet that doesn't have a lot of crime or strife or anything, that when something bad does happen, people get really freaked out Mm. by it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Shattered innocence. Yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, and that's... uh, That was good. I I liked a lot of what was going on in this episode. Um, I think... I think him jumping into the computer and then them (laughs) inoculating the, the whole crew was... Was a fun idea. Um, it was it was interestingly executed, but it was they played it more for laughs than, mm-hmm. than I would have expected. Um, the next generation would have played this very straight faced, you know, people people with stern looks, like, oh no, this this thing's taken over our computer and we have to deal with it now. And Kirk's very Kirk about the whole thing. Yep, he's like, oh, the crew is high. Let them have a good <laughs> yeah, time for a few hours. No big. There, well, there's also, I wrote down, there's that really great line, and they keep asking Scotty, because they find the dead body, and here's Scotty, and they're always like, Scotty, what happened? And, and uh, Scotty doesn't remember what happened with these uh, oh, right. murders, and, they, and he's I don't remember, and they say, well, if he says he doesn't remember, he probably doesn't. You know Scotty. You know Scotty. <laughs> he was building back a few. He blacked out and murdered a woman again. <laughs> It happens. You know Scotty. Yeah, you know like, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> you want him to like, what's that supposed to mean? We, you know, we, we take the good of the 60s with the bad. It wasn't a perfect era. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So, uh. On to the next generation. Well, before, before we, before we, uh, move on to the next generation, um, for anybody who's interested in checking out this episode, Again, it's A Wolf in the Fold. It originally aired December 22nd, 1967. And it's Season 2, Episode 7. So if you want to see this episode or revisit it, if you haven't seen it in a while, you can check it out. Look for Season 2, Episode 7. Yep. As of, as of this podcast, which is uh, March of 2018, these are all available on Netflix currently. Uh, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this five or ten years down the road, who knows where it is. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. It's, it'll be somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's Star it. Trek. It's it'll be downloaded to your subconscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beam that straight into my dreams. In five or ten years. Five or ten years. That's some quick progression. Yeah. <laughs> way things are going. Yeah, VR's on the rise, man. I want to get I want to get shunted straight into the Matrix. You want to get shunted? Shunted, you know. <laughs> you, you haven't seen Society. I have not seen oh, Society. <laughs> Watch that and get back. Oh, Society. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Oh. All right. Anyway, 
word shunt, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Moving right along. Moving right <laughs> along. Uh, do you want to give the intro for this one, Andy, since you're sure. picking, um, out, picking out some of these Next Generation episodes? Yeah. Um, do you know where in the series... Oh, yeah, I can tell you that. So, uh, the next one we watched was Frame of Mind. Mm -hmm. It originally aired May 3rd, 1993, and it's from Season 6, Episode 21. Yes, and this episode, both of the Next Generation episodes we watched jump right into the strangeness. We don't have any uh, kind of uh, traditional establishing, you know, we don't have a voiceover or anything. None whatsoever. Yeah, this one jumps right into Riker acting like a crazy person in an asylum. Um, and we later find out that this is one of those uh, episodes that involves a play, which I know some people roll their eyes at, you know, next generation episode involving either the holodeck or some kind of play or something, you know, it's a, it's a little tired. But um, Riker is playing in Dr. Crusher's play about a man who has committed a crime that he does not remember committing and does not believe that he is crazy and is being trapped in a mental asylum. So kind of a one floor of the cuckoo's nest situation, um, you know, more or less. And uh, as the episode progresses, Riker starts breaking down a little bit, um, starts, uh, he's not sleeping properly, he starts having hallucinations with uh, recurring characters um, involved in a a mission that he's about to go down to a planet on, Um, and things get weirder and weirder for Riker as the episode progresses. Yeah, it's it's definitely a dream within a dream sort of episode, and it's hard to tell what what's reality. And just when you think one reality is actual reality, then that breaks through to some other level of reality. And mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit of a head trip. There's a few other shows that have done that. It reminded me um, when we were watching this, and this was, episode came out a little after the Star Trek episode. But there's an episode of the X Files, I think, in the seventh season where they have a really similar experience involving uh, hallucinogenic fungus that's attacking them, mm. and they can't tell if they are still under the influence of the hallucinogen and dreaming, or if they're wake, snapping out of it, mm-hmm. and what's mm-hmm. real. And Riker's definitely in He's, in the hold of... of yeah, eat some mushrooms. I don't <laughs> think so. Riker might be having a bad trip here. Yeah, you watch He's definitely episode. having a bad trip. He yeah. is, yeah, he is. He's having a really bad time. And he... Mm-hmm. I really like, one of my favorite things about this episode is the the recurring, um, I'm not sure if you call them motifs or themes, but like the blood coming out of his head. Oh, where, yeah. Where he realizes, like, wait, there's still stuff coming out of my head. This, is, this isn't this is right. And he gets that weird twitchy look in his eye. Um, or he sees that, uh, that the, the, the hospital administrator who also appears oh, as a lieutenant. Oh, yeah. Lieutenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, one, of his, one of the features of his delusions is that he's constantly seeing this one character. And sometimes they're on the starship, sometimes they're in the hospital, sometimes he doesn't know where he's really at. But he's always, he's, he's freaking out. He's having a really bad time. Um, and it's interesting watching uh, the character of Riker trying to puzzle this all out because he's, you know... There's clearly something very wrong, and we don't know what. You know, it's a little bit like uh, a Beautiful Mind, where Russell Crowe's character keeps seeing. Is it like the little girl? Yes, Mm. it's very much like that. You're not, you're not real. Yeah, yeah, and that is. This is one thing that I wanted to point out about the difference between like a horror show and and a Star Trek episode. Um, This episode in particular, because we're experienced with Riker, and we, you know, at this point we've had seven seasons of knowing who Commander Riker is and stuff, there's no question in our minds that it's like, oh, no, we know who Riker is. Something's obviously messing with Riker. In a horror show, we wouldn't have any of that backstory. We wouldn't know who this person was, and there would be no reliable history or backstory. It'd be Jacob's Ladder. It'd be Jacob's Ladder. (laughs) 
which is a great movie, I by the way, movie. if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, if you like Silent Hill at all, Jacob's Ladder inspired a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, the creepier things in Silent Hill. Or it could just be a really weird twist on a way to end the series. I was thinking like that. Like, it was all in his mind. How, how bold would it be would if, like, be in the next really episode, you just keep going and there's a different first officer? What was the the hospital show where it was all, like, an autistic uh, kid St. playing? Elsewhere. Uh, yeah, St. Elsewhere. Yeah, 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 it was, like, all an autistic it, but... child playing with toys. Mm-hmm. He's looking into a snow globe. Are you sure you don't mean Dark, dark Place? Yeah. Dark Place. Dark Place. an episode of Dark Place. But that yeah. is a note. That is a note that I made too about about this. I thought the great thing about Star Trek's scary episodes is really your your theories and your interpretations really have no end mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a show. It's a science fiction show, so it could be is 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 he going mad or is it aliens? Mm-hmm. Is it is right. it some kind of like. Uh, extraterrestrial force. What's is it a technological thing? What's going on? Yeah, so, he gets so, sucked into the like warp drive is, somehow. Is, is, yeah. he, is he in the evil world? Is he being kidnapped by evil Riker? You know, yeah. Bad day on the holiday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many ways that they could take that story. So you just keep guessing and guessing. Mm-hmm. I just I, kept figuring he got stuck somewhere in the hollow deck. Yep. <laughs> And there, 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 there are some hints early in the episode as to what's going on. Um, he, it's mentioned that he's going to go on a mission, an undercover mission solo down on this planet that has civil strife. And Captain Picard mentions that the faction that he's trying to infiltrate has resorted to using torture to try and get information from people. Um, and, you know, when you say torture, you think, you know, you know, like waterboarding or physical torture or something. But, you know, this is space. People could use mind torture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the final frontier. It is. The final torture. Yeah. Mind <laughs> torture. So, so, when we were watching this episode, I think we're probably not the only people to ever say this, and, and definitely in our household we've said it before, but I was struck by how, you know, you have William Shatner, overdramatic, but totally entertaining as Captain Kirk, and Captain Picard is totally a very different breed of captain, but you have Jonathan Frakes as, as William Riker, and he is the Captain Kirk character of he's, that show. He's, he's, to he's a T. always overacting. He's always getting laid. He's always getting into trouble. Yes. It, it's wonderful. He's yeah, swaggering he's, around. Yeah. And even putting on a little bit episode. of a belly towards mm-hmm. the end, which, you know, just... In, he, in this, he's totally overdoing it. And they fluffed his hair to make him look insane. It was very distracting to me throughout the episode because it was kind of hilarious. Mm. He was starting to go into like a, a poodle or, you know, toy dog version yeah, of a hairdo. Yeah, puff look, yeah. It was very puffed. And every time something bad happened and he yelled out, No! So he's got the puffy hair and some sunken eye makeup and he's looking really haggard. But it was a really nice tell because... Until he completely breaks free of this psychological torture that's messing with what's real and what's not for him, he looks that way consistently from the beginning. Because you know, you see him at the very beginning of the episode, you're like, God, he looks like hell. What's yeah. going on yeah, he's with had him? A bad day you know? Here. Yeah, he looks a little extra, you know, peaked, and he's got dark circles, and mm-hmm. his hair looks like he stuck his finger in a light socket. Something's not right, and so it's a nice visual tell 
Um, mm-hmm. We're not out of the woods yet until the hair stops poofing, basically. Yeah. And, in, and in the debriefing at the very end of the episode, he also speaks differently. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not yeah. stressed out. He's got the swagger back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he doesn't seem as haggard. He's ready to make out with Deanna Troy again. Exactly. He's ready yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's another thing I liked about this episode is the way they frame it. Until you're about halfway into the episode, it's still plausible. You're like, well, maybe Riker's just freaked out and has stage fright mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to do this play. And he's like, you know, early in the episode, he's trying to get out of the play. And Picard's like, no, you have to do it or else she'll, try it, she'll come after me. I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> I don't like doing things. <laughs> he doesn't. I like to read, read my books and sip cognac sip in my up. office. <laughs> Leave me alone, crew. Uh, yeah. So, do you, just a quick, quick little segue, mm-hmm. whether it was original Star Trek or this show, if it was on TV back when we were kids at home, do you remember how Dad, if he was channel surfing and he'd see one of these shows on TV, he'd say, Horny Space, Space Captain. Captain! Yes! So, you know, drink for a dad's <laughs> yeah, story. Dad. So I can't, I can't look at, no, every, at either of the captains, episode, and I think episode. really that applies more to, to Riker as, as number one than it does to, to Picard, but Picard gets his groove on a few times, but yeah, I just, I just hear my... You know, I hear her dad's voice and I'm going, horny space captain, with a <laughs> grin on his face as he's, like, checking out what's on TV. Uh, uh, yep. Good times. Good times so, indeed. hey, dad. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Yeah, so anybody have anything else they want to talk about with that episode, or are you ready to move on to the second episode? Well, so the, both of these episodes, I notice, have a really great, they have a really great line at some point in the, early on in in the episodes uh, that kind of wink at the audience, there's the line, because uh, Riker's talking about, you know, how it's, it's weird to play this character in this play where he's he's mad and he's, oh, yeah. he's crazy, and uh, Deanna Troy tells him, uh, sometimes it's good, to, I'm paraphrasing, but sometimes it's good to explore the darker side, uh, uh, have fun with it. And so I think that's kind of... I think it's kind of a Star Trek writer's kind of line to the audience. Right. Is that mm-hmm. This is going to be a fun episode. We're just going to do gonna a do darker s- thing. We're yeah. going to do something different, and we're just going to have fun with it. And so, yeah. And this then isn't next... going to be connected to anything later on. Uh, yeah. No yeah. <laughs> I don't have to remember anything. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciate that. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh... I just, there's a lot about this episode that I like. I like when things get weird and he's on stage and he's like fighting with his his vision and then everybody yeah. starts clapping. Like, right. like oh, this guy. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. crazy Riker. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, is that his subconscious cheering him on? What's going on here? Well, then there was like the whole thing where his the play he was going to be in mm-hmm. basically is what then they're putting through his brain over and over again oh, so yeah. he becomes the play yes. you know he's super method acting yeah and they kind of yeah. like talked about like oh it's just method acting you're just getting too into the character and yeah it's like oh he went all the way into the character all the way yeah <laughs> so they must have because they were probing his brain they must have been the aliens that were holding Riker captive must have been able to get enough information to at least know that this play happened and this insanity of this character bothered him a bit and mm-hmm. messed with it like no this is real you know like they had enough information what? to really Wait, they, they said they were probing, they were probing his memory to try and get like plans for stuff sure. <laughs> and all they got was a stupid but <laughs> i think what they were kind of implying was it was kind of like um 
uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, where he was hanging on to like yeah. other memories, yeah. and those were his most recent memories. Yeah. yeah, and so that's what he was replaying was his recent memories to keep them out of yeah, you know, other places. Keep them out of what the what the uh, security codes are for the right. Show. Yeah. So he was trying to save things by making himself go insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a similar to a dream catcher as well. That movie. Oh yeah, where, where he the, has the whole. The, I hated that mis, movie by the way. Mister Gray, Mister Gray is trying to find out locations, and, and the guy is trying to like close off his memories for Mister mm-hmm. Gray, so he can't read. Uh, if you haven't seen Dreamcatcher, it is one of the finest movies of you know the last twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah. Say. Pair that with Secret Window, and you'll have yourself quite a yeah. quite a day. Dreamcatcher is just like Stephen King adaptation. They right? both are. I, I don't know why terrible. that movie didn't get more Oscars. Oh, because it's terrible. <laughs> but, it's, yeah. but it's watchable. I mean, if you like crappy movies, like it's a watchable crappy. Movie. Also, by the way, okay. At this point, we know Johnny Depp doesn't give a shit about his performances. But John Chaturro, what the hell? <laughs> secret oh, window. The secret window. Yes, okay. Super, Moving on. I just, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, final note on this episode, it has a very satisfying ending. Yes. After, after yes. Riker's back, he goes back to the, the stage of the play. Oh, which has still been set up and just starts ripping it apart. <laughs> That's the last thing. I thought that was perfect. After he's done, after he's done chewing the scenery, he tears it all yeah, apart. Yeah, he's literally chewing up the scenery. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, we were talking early on when we were watching it, like, oh, so are they, like, on a hollow deck then? Because you could totally do any play you want to really mm-hmm. easy on a hollow deck. But no, they weren't on a hollow deck. They actually built the stage and everything and, and then yeah. tore it down and threw it away. It's such a wasteful future. Yeah, you but have no, the technology no, yeah. right there. It's, it's, it's post-scarcity, so you don't need that stuff. Well, you probably just generate it. Are they having the, repli- I mean, the, the replica, aka their 3D printer, just print out some lumber? Yeah, so probably. So what's set? the difference between having the hull? I would just, yeah, honestly, and, yeah. if it was me, I would just program the, the holodeck, and then you'd have a really amazing set, you know? You yeah. Could, well, there's an audience, though, but, so do but you Alice, the this is, this is theater, okay? Oh, it's, not about, it's not I about know. illusion, it's about suspension of disbelief. It was a minimalist set, so you could focus on the actors. That's right, yes. the characters. Correct, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Okay, so... And there we are. Shall we discuss our... Uh, the second Next Generation episode. Yes. Data has a nightmare. Uh, Data has a nightmare, which may well, be my favorite episode of The Next Generation. It's, it's <laughs> pretty quite good. good. It's called Phantasms. It originally aired October 25th, 1993. It is from season seven, episode six. Mm-hmm. And did anyone care to... Andy? Well, and, and again, this audience, uh, this this show starts again with another wing to the audience with Jory LaForge saying... Uh, this ought to be a lot of fun. I can't remember what the contact. I think Dade is having oh, a yeah. weird dream or yeah, a nightmare. Yeah, he starts out with a nightmare. And he's, and he's running down the hall, but he runs past Jordy LaForge, mm-hmm. and, and he says, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I mm-hmm. think, again, it's another <laughs> no right. Yeah. Well, in the Brace way he says it, it's weird. like he's winking to Data, data himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, he's just like, like, this will be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this one was actually directed by Patrick Stewart. It was. Too. It was one of four episodes, four or five episodes in The Next Generation that was directed by Picard himself. Yeah, I did not know that until tonight. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. So, anybody want to give a little scenario of what's happening in Phantasm? Synopsis. Well, so, 
we know that Data now, at some point during the series, um, probably pretty recent then, uh, he's been given the ability to dream. Yeah, they said in the timeline of the, sh of the story, he's been dreaming for about nine months. Which means probably about a season or so. Yeah. yeah. And so then he's he's having these dreams that are that are nightmares and and he's really affected by having not had nightmares before he's responding to it in a different way uh, that it's really disturbing for him and his and he, and he talks about it with Jordy and, and with Dina, with Troy and they tell him oh well that's normal you know people have nightmares and they are affected by these this imagery but over time, it appears that uh, it appears that Data's nightmares are affecting him in, in the real world, and he's They're starting to turn into hallucinations. Exactly, yes. yeah. Which must be very disturbing for an android. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He ate some bad something. Yeah. He, he's, some, some bad motor oil. Some, or something. Yeah. Bad bad circuitry. <laughs> In, in Ghost in the Shell, the, the TV series, they attribute the um, the awakening of sentience in their AI to them being fed natural oil instead of synthetic oil. Oh, it's hmm. probably Data was just That's drinking some of that some of that natural oil. <laughs> Got a little essence of uh, of of life forms. Yep. You know, yeah. Got into his processors and you know just little, just messed everything up. A little bit of up. dinosaur grease will do that. <laughs> so it is. He and he keeps having nightmares, and at the same time, they're having problems with the new warp core. Mm. Yes, and that they just recently had installed with a new plasma converter. Or something. Because it keeps getting mentioned, you're like, okay, these are obviously oh, tied yeah, in together related. somehow. But you're waiting for everybody to put the pieces together, and Data keeps dreaming about these sort of rough-looking miner guys that mm -hmm. are. Either they've got pickaxes and things in there. Yeah, we're talking like 18, uh, 1800s yeah. prospector miner types. And they're, they're whacking away at mm. part of the warp core. And then he sees lots of disturbing things. Like he sees um, Dr. Crusher drinking out of Commander Riker's head with a straw. That's great. Which gave me traumatic flashbacks to that uh, episode of... Uh, the half-hour comedy hour on MTV that we discussed in our very first episode where Nightmare on Sesame Street's happening oh, and Bert's <laughs> drinking out of Ernie's head. Mm. <laughs> Except for it's even more hilarious than this. And she grins and says, would you like some? It's delicious. Like it made me think of... Uh, she looks so delighted. It made me think of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. Uh, it made me think of that. And it did have like a glowing yeah. neon yeah. color to it and everything. And Deanna Troy is been turned into a cake. A which, cake. delicious cake. A, a, a cellular us, peptide a, yes. cake with mint frosting. But also, her uniform's blue, frosting. and she's wearing... And the mint frosting never got explained. I think it was just a thing. It's just, kind of dream. just dream weirdness. Yeah. Just warp yeah. like <laughs> mint frosting. Apparently. It's, but, it's very well known. So, immediately when I see that being an 80s That's kid cute. and a Tom Petty fan, I think of the... Alice in Wonderland mm -hmm. cut the cake video for Don't Come Around Here No More and um, and she's also blue, wearing a blue uniform so she's you know Deanna Troy is this little blue uniform she fits cake the bill. Yep. and she's yelling to, you know to Data please don't cut me and he can't help himself he has, he to, has have to have a slice yeah, and she... then later on when he's hallucinating he has a knife in his hand and has to stab yeah. Counselor he's, he's Troy compelled to stab Troy and that 
A uh, fun little tidbit about that, American audiences found that scene in particular where he says, please hold still, Dr. Troy, and, and just stabs her a couple <laughs> times. People were freaked out by that, and they censored that scene out of the UK broadcast. Really? Oh. Yeah. So people people didn't like that. It was too creepy for them. It is creepy, but it's also, you know, you have, if you've been watch, watching the show the whole time, you have enough history with the characters that you think... Well, you wouldn't just do that for no reason. No, yeah, you know? I mean, and you're getting the impression, like, something's really wrong with Data He hasn't here. turned evil, he's just confused. Yeah. And we find out why. Yeah. And yeah. there's actually a perfectly good re reason for why he comes after Deanna Troy with a weird tool that looks like a knife. Yeah. They're space mites. Yeah, it turns out warp leeches are trying to suck cellular peptides out of, out of the crew people. And, and, <laughs> Go figure. And Data's, Data's uh, subconscious was trying to process this and, and explain it to him through his dreams. Yes, because he he could he picked up on them subconsciously, even though in for all intents and purposes he couldn't perceive them with any of the sensory organs because they weren't visible. They weren't visible, but his processors, like his brain, could pick them up. So it was mm. almost like a psychic sensation. So his dreams were trying to sixth sense, which yeah. is such a great concept for a story and an episode like it's a really intelligent plot i think because mm -hmm. it, there's so much truth to that that our brains do try to process things that you know either traumatic things or you know unsolvable puzzles you know you try to solve these problems in your sleep and dream logic is so different from waking logic that sometimes the answers are there but it's very confusing but people sometimes get random fits of brilliant inspiration from their dreams or mm -hmm. they work mm -hmm. out an issue or you know, whether it be like an emotional issue or just a problem they're trying to solve with, you know, something they're working on, you know, as part of their career or something they're trying to invent. And I just thought that was such a great, interesting plot that you don't see every day. And yeah. the mm -hmm. way his nightmare symbols translated to the problem that needed to be dealt with made a lot of sense. And anybody who's ever analyzed their own dreams or done some in-depth exploration can totally relate to how that's yeah, such right. a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and because we don't know fully, that's what I loved about this episode was, was the idea of androids and if they dreamed and mm -hmm. <laughs> what would the experience be like for them. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, uh, because we don't know exactly why our mind works the way it works and why we dream in a certain way or what comes out of our subconscious uh it could be harder for us to extract meaning from it but i think for an android like data who's more or less programmed mm -hmm. and and maybe then because he's working on you know he's he's based off machine learning as well uh maybe he's he's better at his dreams giving him the answers that he needs. Sure. Sure. Well, also, I mean, you would think that unless an android had further developed human-like emotions, they would be without ego for the most part. And so you wouldn't have an attachment to what things mean because you need to maintain a certain identity or you have certain things that you mm. just can't accept about yourself. Um yeah. You know, there could be things that you're yeah. repressing, well, there's a, there's... and an android who doesn't have, like, an, an ego trying to override and protect would be able to just openly say, okay, this seems like this could symbolize this without saying, oh, well, that's not right for me, or that's not who I am, and trying to push the symbol well, away. There's that, there's that fun it. moment where he goes in the holodeck for, uh, 
psychological evaluation mm-hmm. from, from uh, Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. And so then Sigmund Freud is throwing out these these interpretations saying, Oh, this is about your <laughs> this is about your mother and, yeah. and you know, this is all about your mother and he says, I I don't have a mother He doesn't <laughs> so have those hang ups. This is your <laughs> sexual desires. He got I'm a I'm an android. I don't have sexual desires. Like, you know, oh he's uh, impotent as well. Like, oh. yeah. It's yeah. like but it doesn't Bother him. The whole time swinging around a cigar. cigar. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's that's another thing that that's another advantage that Data has being an android. He also has perfect recall of his dreams, which Mm. is often a problem for humans who want to remember their dreams. Is he can also hook his brain up and project his dreams into the holodeck, which we cannot. I I thought that was good because he's dreaming about the knife and then. Freud asks him how big the knife was, and he just gets <laughs> 25 right. centimeters. Ah. Like, oh, okay. It's a big knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did like later on when he was telling Troy about it, and Troy was kind of laughing off uh, Sigmund Freud, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that Troy then said, you know, I think you should start seeing me. He gets really excited about it. <laughs> He's like, really? I you, you think I should see a shrink? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm so human. Never yeah. seen someone so excited about someone saying, I think you need to see a therapist. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. Every day? Every, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see her every day. He was ready for therapy. Uh, since we've been watching a lot of the show Monk, I wanted to make a joke like, calm down, Adrian. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're not doing daily therapy sessions. Yeah. And I, I, I have to wonder about this show because I really like a lot of the dream sequences. Um, like the, the, the establishing shot of this episode is this wonderful kind of tracking shot of Data walking it down a curved corridor that doesn't seem to have an mm. end. Right. Um, and, it, and there's a lot of just strange dream stuff. And because of the date that this aired, I wonder if the writer was influenced by Twin Peaks at all. Because this is post-Twin oh, Peaks. that's true. That's and there's, true. And there's a lot of, like, some kind of weird Lynch stuff happening in here. Like, Data receives a phone call from a phone that is ringing within his own abdomen. Mm-hmm. And when he, and when he answers it, it's Sigmund Freud telling him to kill them all. It right. really does have that. And, and I also definitely think that they saw that Tom Petty video. Yes. <laughs> there's yeah. no way. There's, there, there, it was there, a very popular video. There's, there's a lot of fun, weird out. stuff going on. Sure, yeah. No, I there's definitely... In Twin Peaks, not so much in the overtly creepy, but just in the abstract and sort of absurd Twin Peaks. You know, there's... That sort of charming, lighthearted weirdness that yes. happens throughout that series. David which... Lynch has m- mentioned multiple times that he gets most of his inspiration from his dreams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. just trying to show people what he dreamt last night, essentially, is what it sounds like to me. Right. Which is a good way to, to He has weird dreams. Oh, who doesn't, though? Yeah. He's just better at articulating Do we that. know for sure that he has weird dreams? Oh, yeah, or maybe he has really boring dreams, and he's just really like, boring. he's like, oh, I have such boring dreams. I gotta he's make up something shopping. really weird. Yeah. Doing his taxes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mundane stuff. Well, not doing his taxes, but probably talking to his accountant on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he dreams about doing the crossword. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Poor David Lynch. No. I don't think well, one thing I want to bring up about phantasms that's not super related to the plot, but uh, we get to see quite a bit of Data's cat Spot in this episode. Oh, okay. I adore Spot. Good old Spot. Spot. Oh, is... because this is the episode with with the classic line. The great line of uh, tell him he's a, a pretty kitty and a good, good kitty. kitty. <laughs> good kitty. And, and it's uh, and it's Worf, you know the 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 Klingon. Worf's gonna catch <laughs> holding this cat at like arms length, <laughs> and the cat is 
Worf is not thrilled to hold the cat, and the cat no. is not thrilled to be held by a Klingon, and it's meowing, and... You have oh, to feed him every day! Spot. You have to feed him every day, and, you, and he has to have a sandbox, and you have to play with him, and you have to talk to him. Tell him he is a pretty kitty, I can't a good kitty. remember well, which number it him. is. <laughs> he prefers feline supplement number 25. That's right. Yeah, 25, 26, Something somewhere like that. in the 20s. Spot is very cute. I like, mm -hmm. I like how there's a scene where Data's sweet. about to go to bed, and he kicks Spot off the bed, and you just see a little bit of cat tail, like, dangling behind him. Which is, you know, just cats doing their cat thing. And I liked it because it was just not the usual Star Trek scene. I'm surprised, I'm surprised then when they didn't wake him up that, like, Spot wasn't, like, curled up on his just stomach. sleeping on his head. On his head, yeah. <laughs> Hogging half the bed. Yeah, cats yeah I'm actually do. surprised that, that he even got into the bed, you know, knowing cats. Spot was already on the bed. There should have been like yeah, Spock got out of the him trying, trying to work his way into the oh, one eighth of the bed that's left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's a professional cat. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's that interesting line about because then Data is observing Spot while Spot oh, sleeps, right. mm -hmm. wondering. Well, he's having these little yeah. muscle spasms, but he can't. You know, he's never seen a he's mouse. Never seen he's a never mouse. seen a dog. Been, yeah, yeah. That cat must have really liked, or I don't know if they use more than one cat. Per episode, I'm sure there are multiple after cats that play spot, but the cat must have really liked Brent Spiner because he just is super chill about him being two inches from his face and he's laying out sprawled on the that's bed, right. so relaxed. But then when the actor that's playing Worf is holding yeah, it, the cat's Bard. just like, I yeah. mean, it's part of his probably the makeup is kind yeah. of freaky and he's a well, big guy and he's like standing it, you know. Right, yeah. But, but like, a lot cat of cats, if happy. a cat didn't like you, it wouldn't be really happy to have you two or three inches from its head while it's yeah. trying to, you know, sprawl well, out. Does he have, He's does, he have does Data have, like, not a laser pointer, is it just like a pom-pom? Oh, yeah. He's just playing with it right now. The cat is just going It kind of made you think that, like, there's a lot of, you know, behind the scenes playing with the cat. Oh, they have a rapport. Yeah. They're good buds. I can see that. Sure. It's super cute. It shows, it shows, I think, Star Trek knew its audience. Very well. Yeah. Oh yeah, these people have cats. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna love this. I especially love orange cats. As a as a person who grew up with an orange cat, mm -hmm. it was very sweet. We had an orange cat growing up. It, its name, surprise, was Garfield. Because oh. <laughs> oh. you know, I I, I think big fans of the president. Yeah, that's what I was. Gonna <laughs> <say>. <laughs> yes, history exactly. Buffs. We, yeah, mm -hmm. my sister was an insane history buff. <laughs> and and of course the vice president Odie. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has a good VP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now our our cat, he was white and orange, and he had long fluffy hair, and his name was Baby Boy. Oh. And he was kind of like a dog in a cat body. He wasn't always the brightest, but he was very very sweet. And he'd come <laughs> when you called him. So, you know, that's mm. something Spot doesn't do. So he wasn't show. a cat. Yeah, kind of. Well, but he would, you know, he'd also... Hence the dog and the cat's body. Oh, yes, He'd also chase things around that weren't there and do the usual, usual silly, weird tripper cat things that they do. <laughs> he was a good kitty, though. And he kind of sounded like a Wookiee when he meowed, so take a oh. drink. Take a drink for baby boy. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Here's to you, baby boy. <laughs> yeah, this episode was also really a lot of fun. It had the fun imagery, it had... Um, it had a really good scientific kind of a angle to it, um, you know, and all the all the actors were 
I think you know it, it goes to show, especially like later on in the seasons, how just how good they got at writing for the characters. Yeah. Really having fun with uh, Data. Right, as that character develops. I would yeah. say, uh, I would say in the next several, you know, if Ridley Scott wants to make another hundred million Alien movies or something, I, I think it would benefit him to look at how they wrote for Data. And maybe how mm. they could use that for the character of David in, in those movies. Well, yeah. the, the Data is a, a lot like Spock uh, in that you know, he's, he, he's the permanent straight man to whatever mm-hmm. antics are going on. He's the perfect straight man foil. And he's also very relatable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our, our stepdad, my stepdad, uh, mm-hmm. Carl, related most to Spock out of anyone on the show. And I think of all the characters in The Next Generation, I think Data's the most relatable because, you know, I feel like, uh, a lot of times I feel like there's a lot of weird stuff going on that other people are into, and I just don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. And not having that character is, in situations, you know, like in like in Prometheus, or, sure. you know, it, it, it removes both the straight man comedic foil, and it removes somebody that a lot of your audience might find relatable as a, as a, as a character. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential for a character there. But, I don't know if Ridley Scott's in the business of making good characters, or if he yeah. just wants to, you know, print another hundred million dollars for yeah. himself. I do not know what you're fighting with uh, Brad Pitt and you guys are fighting with Ridley Scott. Yes. What? what? Brad Pitt? <laughs> not Brad Pitt. Johnny Depp. Sorry. Johnny Depp. I'm not fighting with him. <laughs> no. just done just... watching him make movies. Um, no, but I was going to say, when I was a kid, especially a really little kid, I always had this weird sense that I was on a mission and that I was sent here to observe and mm. that I wasn't, I always felt removed from goings on of daily life just a little bit and felt slightly, you know, I don't know, alien necessarily, but I always felt sort of other. And so, yeah, I can totally relate to Spock or Data yeah, as the, they the observe because yeah. I felt like that a lot, especially being an introvert and being kind of quiet and everybody's yeah. buzzing around you and you take a step back and watch the drama unfold and, you know, depending on where you're at, whether it's school or family or the news, sometimes there's a lot of weird drama to watch unfold, and a lot of it doesn't even seem real sometimes, and sometimes it's not, you know? Yeah, sometimes it's very surreal. (laughs) Yeah, and and I always, you know, just, I think probably until about the age, like, seven or eight, had just this weird sense that it wasn't connected to me directly, that Mm. it wasn't about me, and I don't know if that's, like, a weird dissociative thing Hmm. or if that's just you know, kind of a childlike innocence as, you know, somebody who spent a lot of time being quiet and alone with a sketchbook or a book, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would have hung out with Spot. Oh, yeah. Who would? I also feel like... I, also I relate feel most like with Spock. Spock, Spock, <laughs> Spock would hang out with cats yes. a whole lot. Absolutely. Spock I think he would, yeah. I, yeah I, he, I would he would observe cats. He would observe right. <laughs> I, I also think, you know, there's that episode, we mentioned when we were watching the episodes, and I don't remember the name of it, but there's, it's an episode of everyone's gone kind of mad or off kilter on the Enterprise in the original series, and there's a few of those, um, where Spock is playing folk music for some kind of like hippie kids who are It's been a while since I watched every episode, so I don't remember the context. He plays like a harp loop kind of Maybe, yeah, yeah, and he's having a grand time. You know, you look at that and you think, this is where the Bilbo Baggins album came from. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. But you could just, I don't know, I could see him hanging out 
in a room with some beaded curtains and, you know, it looks like something out of that strawberry alarm clock yeah. album cover. Yep. And there's cats hanging out. Because, you know, <laughs> they like the mellow, mm-hmm. the yeah. mellow the scene mellow and they, they look good on Spock. antique furniture. <laughs> They're sitting in the peacock chair. Yeah, it, I just, I could see that. Mm. Oh, I was going to say, too, I mean, maybe we'll cover it later on when we do some more original Star Trek. And I'm do not remember the name of the title of the episode right now, so forgive me. But there is an episode of the original Star Trek um, that has a Purge plot. So if anyone oh, yeah. is a fan of the Purge movies, mm-hmm. and wow. they also like some Star Trek, and maybe want to you know see more of it, or it's been a while since you revisited those episodes. That story is kind of an old one that people need to get that out of their systems, and that there's a special Purge time. Yeah, and it's. In the Star Trek uh, world, it happens on another planet, and it's a society that sort of lives in a more, I wouldn't say primitive, but they live kind of like in a turn-of-the-century sort of style. Like, mm. it's more like early Americana, it looks mm. like. and But they're governed by a giant AI system that's decided that once a year they need to have this special purge Is time. that is that also the episode? Isn't there an episode where they ask, some intelligent computer what love is and the computer can't figure it out and blows up or am I just I, you know I don't remember that happening yet. the computer is referred to as Lamdrew if I remember this correctly yeah Lamdrew or Landrew not sorry not Lamb Drew like a sheep uh, lamb like uh, wireless lamb yeah. oh. Landrew oh, and right. um, and they and, and the crew arrives as part of their mission and they happen to show up a few minutes before... Before the purge starts. Before yeah. purge hour. Oh, no. Yeah. And people are freaking out. Now, it's very much 60s television purge hour, so it's not overly violent. Yeah. But, you know, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were good at weird episodes, though. And they always have things like, oh, we landed on the planet that's the 1930s. <laughs> yeah. we, landed, right. we landed on the planet the where Nazis episode. rule. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah because they, because they were filming you know the week before mm-hmm. they were filming. Well, it was kind of like there were certain episodes that were almost like sliders, you know. Oh it's yeah. Like, they oh, yeah. weren't they weren't going to planets now. They're just going to different realities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alternate universe. Right. right. Alternate universe. Yeah. What if the gangsters were still running things today <laughs> and they had phasers? <laughs> and then you get those great shots then of like Shatner and. and and all the rest of them in, like, double-breasted striped suits. Mm -hmm. Which is probably why they did that episode. There was probably a lot of, we want to wear this costume, or we have this amazing I noticed in that, I noticed in that, that original Star Trek episode that we watched, uh, there's, there's plenty of really good, I wonder if Shatner had some, uh, number of close-ups per episode clause in his contract. Possibly. (laughs) Yeah, in the Wolf in the Fold episode, you could you could speculate that maybe someone just really wanted to have some belly dancing in an episode and yeah. how we work that into the storyline. Yep. Yep. Right, right. Sometimes that's how it works. <laughs> Real yeah. backwards from there. It's funny how many science fiction and horror authors um, got in on that, with uh, especially with Star Trek, um, because there's uh, Harlan Ellison mm, mm-hmm. I know, wrote several episodes, and I think it was one of those things, you know, if you weren't making money 
writing books or, or you know in between making right. money and writing books or writing short stories for readers digest or whatever you could probably make a couple bucks on the side to write a star trek episode yeah, sure, why not? yeah. like oh yeah. i'm working you know still, i mean there's like a Robert lot that's still going on today yeah. Yeah. oh yeah very much so well does anybody have anything else they want to say about these episodes or star trek in general before we wrap it up i'm I, I've been hearing, I haven't seen any of the Orville, which is, um, Seth MacFarlane's new, oh. uh, new series, and it's, it's, it, what, uh, I've yeah, seen okay. people describe right. it, what, a couple of my other friends who really like Star Trek a lot, especially the next generation, describe it as, what if there was Star Trek the next generation, but instead of being exceptional, they were average, like the mediocre starship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically Seth MacFarlane and his mediocre Starship crew, and they go out and have you know some fun, uh, some fun adventures me- like Star Trek stuff. Mediocre in that not not the production value or whatever the shows themselves. No, but no, me- but, but, but like mediocre is in they are not per- Kirk yeah, and Picard. You're, you're, you're right. not top yeah, of the okay. class. Yeah, you're not you're not the Enterprise. You're the Orville. Well, that's also a lot of fun. I think I would I, I would appreciate that. Yeah, and um, the red shirts were put in charge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Well, yeah, it's, it's always, you know, the, the, like, dumpy science ship that the Enterprise comes to rescue. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. it's oh, a show sure. about that. It's their story. Sure. Yeah. That sounds really um, intriguing. Yeah, and I haven't, I don't, I can't speak from experience, I don't know if it's good or not, but that seems to be, like, the spiritual successor to, kind of, the spirit of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Because the most recent Star Trek show they've released is, like, a gritty, long-form television show about, like, oh, the war or something, and I... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I have zero interest in yeah. watching something like that. So is it, like, kind of Galactica-y? Battlestar Galactica. Kind of Battlestar Galactica. Which I enjoyed, um, but it was it was too much of a downer most of the time. Oh, uh, I had to put it, turn it off a couple of times. And Anytime a character that, that we would get attached to, they'd get jettisoned down an airlock. Yep, and Drew would airlock, say, yeah. that's it. <laughs> We're watching something else for a while. Oh, it's the, uh, <laughs> I got... the Walking Dead style of the... Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, very much, yeah. Guys, yeah. And that's, week. you know, I watch those shows for like a season, I'm like, oh, it's a good show, but they're gonna kill everyone I love, so I'm just not gonna watch this well, show. Well, I mean, that's yeah. why I just kinda, I was originally excited about the concept of there being a Westworld television show, but I've never, you know... Maybe you guys will hate me out there in listener land, but I've never felt really drawn to watch Game of Thrones, even though I do love fantasy and costumes and dragons and all those wonderful things. Mm-hmm. But it kind of sounded, and I love the movie Westworld a lot, and I'm always interested in a good AI story, even though they borderline on terribly depressing, because really they're just stories about slavery and abuse. Yep. Um, but I, I thought, oh, Westworld, I'm making that into a television series, and then I, the more I heard about it, the more I thought... This sounds like AI Game of Thrones, kind of. I don't know. It is, but it's also, having seen both, and I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones, I've read the books and I'm all caught up on the seasons. The most recent seasons are, are disappointing, in my opinion, also. Mm-hmm. Um, but Westworld, I thought, was fun. It, it, oh, it, it is? Okay. It's, it's good and it's brutal. Like, it's, sure. it's, you know, if you're feeling squeamish. Well, yeah. it's a subject matter that you have to be in the right mood for. Yeah, but, it's, but it's also very good. Um, I okay. think, and, it, and it's much smarter than Game of Thrones as, as a show. It deals with bigger issues as opposed to like, oh, there's dragons and stuff. Um, the movie is really dated, but yeah. I love is that, it. Isn't Charles Bronson in that? No. Or, Wait, uh, Yul, Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Oh, Yul Brenner. Yeah. 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 That movie's brutal. Although that's something Charles Bronson could have pulled off. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Um, He's a Western guy, so. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's Future World, which is sort of a sequel, which is 
fairly interesting, not as good, in my opinion, as Westworld, but, you know, I like some of those 70s, Michael Crichton is pretty fun, yeah. um, The Andromeda Strain mm. is really fun, I just recently rewatched Looker, which is like a modeling, advertising conspiracy one that has, mm -hmm. uh, oh, Susan, what's her name, the girl from the Partridge Family, Susan Day? Um, yeah, Susan Day. I was forgetting her last name. And she's adorable, and it's really good. And Albert Finney is, like, the, the And that's, the that's Michael guy. Crichton? Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I'm convinced, having... I haven't read a lot of Michael Crichton's books, but I'm convinced he was some kind of prophet, because he's totally, like, calling out a bunch of... Oh. Things, like, oh, AI's gonna be trouble, biological <laughs> engineering's gonna be trouble. Looker is very interesting <laughs> about manipulation and advertising. Yeah, he wrote a book in the early 70s, uh... A case of need that is not science fiction but it's based on like his background um as a resident in an emergency room mm -hmm. because he had a hand in er yeah uh, uh and it's about it's, it's about abortion and 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 was written at the time when it was still illegal and mm -hmm. i think they reprinted it not too long ago mm. and it's and you know it's a it's an intriguing read mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's still still controversial issues. So it's uh, you know, he, he it's good social commentary. You know, he's good he's good with that kind of. Yeah. If we're talking more about horror TV, that <laughs> I've decided <laughs> since since that's what the I show is. Uh, there is uh, probably by the time this show hits, maybe the first, maybe second season, second episode. Will have come out. AMC is doing the miniseries The Terror based on the novel by Dan Simmons. Oh, Dan Simmons book, yeah. And that book is the it's like great. one of the best books I've read in the last ten years. Um, and they're making a, a TV series uh, of it, and I think it's going to be great. It's historical fiction. It's it's sort of an imagining of what may have happened to the uh, the HMS Terror. That's right. The yeah. uh, the Franklin expedition that tried to find sort of a Northwest Passage through oh. the Canadian Arctic in the mid eighteen hundreds. Oh, okay. And nobody survived. So it's the opposite of the Shackleton story, then. Yeah. Yes. On the ice. Well, yeah. And the ship was lost after the expedition oh. disappeared. They they found it last year. They finally, You're right. Yeah, they finally found the wreckage of the terror in 2017 uh -huh. of this expedition that disappeared like 150 years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so the and there's hard to find stuff in the ice. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, well, now that it's all melting, you know. Yeah. But so Dan Simmons, <laughs> maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, Dan Simmons wrote a book that was uh, sort of a, uh, what do you call it, an embellished kind of storytelling of of that expedition and what may have happened to the crew and uh it is a page turner i 100 percent recommend the book and i'll bet you the tv series is going to be awesome so everybody be sure to check that out i'm plugging a show that i have no part in uh, it's also, it's also not gonna... retro, Chris. Jeez. Oh, that's right. It's but also it's okay. not it's, retro. It's related. I, yeah. The last 20 minutes of this uh, <laughs> conversation yeah, has just... not been retro TV. Well, <laughs> yeah, we should probably wrap up then, but um, I wanted to mention what we're going to watch next month. Yeah. So, right. uh, join us again in April where we will be talking about probing aliens. <laughs> <laughs> or... 
being touched by an alien. <laughs> touched yeah. by an alien. There's going to be a lot of alien touching and aliens touching people as Probing we aliens. examine the 1990s phenomenon that was the alien autopsy video Woo! and pair it with a really hysterical episode of the X-Files oh, called funny. Jose Chung's From Outer Space, which makes fun of it. So let's... let's One of the best. Super excited. Yeah. yeah. Mark, mark your mark your calendar sometime in April. We don't know when. <laughs> mark your calendar for sometime in April. <laughs> mid, Mid-April, just, probably. Just anyway, circle the entire we're, month. We're... <laughs> Yeah, we're realistic about the fact that we're not great at keeping an exact schedule, and hopefully well, people we will like us enough to bear with that. Well, yeah. Okay. We promise you it'll be here before It'll be in May. April. May. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I think in May we're talking about covering some Scooby-Doo. Zoinks. Maybe. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to get a little retro horror animation. So, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about the alien autopsy video because, you know, in these current times, sometimes <laughs> it's easy to look around and think that the world has gone mad. Is that and the one with Riker? It's a, yeah. It and, is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a nice segue. Jonathan Frakes ho- hosts a factor fiction alien autopsy video. Um, anyway, uh, Every time I think that the world is getting stranger and stranger and more and more surreal, occasionally I'll take a trip down memory lane and look at something that happened in the 80s or 90s through television or just, you know, social phenomena, and I realize, nope, it's just history repeating itself. It's it's always been weird. (laughs) Same song, different verse, a little bit louder and a little bit worse. So join us next There's a sucker born every minute. (laughs) It's true. Actually, you know, people joke about, oh, they think society is getting dumber. Watch 90s Geraldo episodes, people. No. No, no. We're probably actually doing better, I would say. I think so. I'd like to think so. I think we're doing better. And, you know. We have Snopes now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ah. Only thank God for that. Yeah. (laughs) Snopes and Google. Yeah, so, um... Again, like I said, uh, we hope you'll join us in April for that episode and join us in subsequent months for more fun retro horror and sci-fi television discussion. And We're available on Facebook. No, we're not. I thought we had haunted on Facebook. <laughs> we do not have a Facebook. <laughs> Twitter. We're not on Facebook. Fake news, kitty. Fake news. <laughs> Yeah, we... We're on MySpace. You can... Oh, yeah, if you would like to... Uh, as as Drew was trying to bring up, for those of you who would like to get in touch with us, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and connect with us there at the Haunted Davenport. And uh, we're also on Gmail if you want to direct message us through email at thehaunteddavenport at gmail.com. Yes, and, and the Haunted Davenport at Twitter is with two Ds, Haunted, E-D, mm-hmm. Davenport. So, yeah, you can look us up there. Um, otherwise, we will talk to you next month yeah. and uh, watch the skies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe... Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain?
Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? To hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain with hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain with hug the mountain. That mountain, that mountain. He wants to make love to the mountain. Tough young guys, sinewy bodies in there. Fingers and teeny toes challenge the rock, challenging death. Why do I climb the mountain? Because I'm in love. There is a passionate affair going on between Kirk and the mountain. Kirk is on the Kirk is on the mountain. Now, in order to create that illusion sucking some of the most sensational men who not only climb are voracious, fleeting and elusive and peripheral. And that's putting me on the mountain. Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Hold it, please. The hug the mountain. Envelop that mountain will hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain will hug the mountain. That mountain, that mountain. He wants to make love to the mountain. And the climb is going where no man has gone before. Where no man has gone before. Challenge the rock, challenging death. Why do I climb the mountain? Because I'm in love.